Hello and welcome to a Paradise Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan, my pronouns are he, him, and I'll be your storyteller for this game about living gods on the wrong side of the law. Joining me for this game is... Hey there guys, my name is Tyler, my pronouns are he, him, I'm going to be playing uh, Ricky, the fire-affected street exorcist. Hi everybody, my name's Christina, I will be playing Elion. My pronouns are she, her, and Elion's pronouns are they, them. They are a water-aspected investigator. Hi, everyone. My name's Cody. Pronouns are he, they, and I play Amalar Divine, the air-aspected shady businessman. Hi, my name is Britt, and my pronouns are she and her. I play a wood aspect named Rush Ferris, who has a ferret familiar named Zeke. Together, they specialize in archery, larceny, and dance. Hi, I'm Michaela Sheher, and I'll be playing Tirali of House Regara, an Earth-aspected leader of a small military force known as the Tyrants who cooks the books for the gang. And this is Exalted, Like a Dragon-Blooded, Act 2, Sins of the Family. Oh, you know, I should probably tell you what his guile is. Uh, so to keep in, to to remind you all about how the social stuff works and defenses and that kind of stuff is um, the exalt does not have to be aware that they are um, being read to like basically use like integrity to up their guile or whatever. It just kind of like it's one of those like natural things that happens. This motherfucker's going to have like a guile of five or something. Uh, no, it's not that low. Uh, try a guile of nine. Ugh. I'm very curious, because if I remember, guile is actually kind of hard to get up. Uh, it's integrity plus, um... It's manipulation plus socialize plus specialty divided by two rounded up. I thought guile was integrity. I'm literally looking at the bottom of the sheet. It says guile is manipulation plus socialized plus specialty divided by two roundup. That's why Elion has such a low one because Elion's manipulation is low. Well, then I'm going to have to switch shit around on his sheet. But yes, he is supposed to have a fairly high guile. That's fine. I just when you said nine, I was like, how? How is that possible? Um, And I. I misspoke. I meant to say eight. Okay, so I think I did the math right on how many extra dice I get. Plus, I'm going to throw another willpower in there for an automatic Because fuck this guy. I don't think I'm going to hit the guile, but I can try. If you can double the guile, I'd be very... Oh, nope. Six is still a pretty high roll, at least. Uh, seven, technically, because yeah. you uh, did the willpower, but yeah. He's a little bit of a mystery. Like, you know, he's wearing that armor pretty well, but he's kind of a scrawny boy. And like, he's got like this air of like mystery to him. But you you don't doubt that the way that he's talking, like he does seem like that maybe he knows his things. He does have kind of a smarty, smarty pants uh, way, way to talk. And especially if that he's being truthful about his name. Then he must have studied uh, 
flame tongue very well because he is speaking it perfectly. Part of me just wants to be a dick and start rattling off different languages to see what he knows, but that's not relevant to this conversation right now. So at this point, the the guard is going to look at him and be like, Sir, we believe that it would be best for you to have a uh, local guide to help you out. And this guy kind of like looks at him and he just kind of goes, How dare you speak down to a prince of the earth like that? Didn't your tricon ever teach you any manners? Huh. Fine. You can come observe a master at work. And he just kind of like looks at you and like walks forward. Uh, as he as I'm following him, I'm going to kind of just gently put an, a hand on the guard and give him like that nod, like thank you without actually saying it out loud and keep going. The guard's demeanor increases uh, as that you acknowledge how, how hurt that his feelings are. Bro stuck his neck out for me and got shit for it, so... That, that, that was the botch coming back to hit him. So, you are let in to the investigation. More guards are there. He waves them away as that he kind of adjusts his armor and just kind of clanks on through. And you are greeted with the sight of Resh Bilar, the corpse, dead, with multiple arrows stuck through it. But most notably, there is one uh, directly through the heart. And the one that is directly through the heart is, uh, it has some of uh, Ferris's telltale signs of like the foliage that grows out of her wood-aspected hair. Uh, like on the shaft of the arrow. He looks over everything and begins the investigative process. So what all is he doing? Because I'm I'm going to kind of look at him and be like, would you like me to give you some space while you work or would you like me to assist? Well, seeing as that we are clearly rivals in this investigative theater. I think that we should do our own investigations and then talk about it to see if that we can work together to see if maybe some of your local knowledge might pay off. Would you like to have the first shot at the at the body or shall I? Well, considering that I am only allowed to be here by your graces. Uh, I think it's only fair that I let you go first. Well, let it not be said that some of you don't know your manners. Ha <laughs> ha. And then he's going to uh, basically set down an entire like kit and start like looking around the entire alleyway. And he's kind of like musing to himself as he does this. And he's like, well, clearly the arrow's trajectory should have. Ah, yes, he was. Ah, the look of shock. Betrayal most foul. And like, he's not touching the body because he wants to give you the proper opportunity to try as well. But he is very much not giving this person the dignity that they deserve. Eliana will remember this. 
once it and it takes him quite a bit to do it like despite all of his musings and everything uh just a basic observation of him you can tell that he is if nothing else fairly competent at this job and once that he packs up he looks to you and he kind of clanks against the uh against the alley wall and he goes well then alien it's your turn Sorry, I gotta crack my knuckles as I uh, literally prepare to just throw the investigation dick out. You're under the assumption that he wasn't doing the same thing. Well, I know. I just have to do math on my end, too. (laughs) (laughs) Because I also have a specialization in crime scenes for investigation. Okay, so I'm gonna start out with the description, and then I'm gonna tell you what I'm throwing at (laughs) it. Okay, please. So, um, we've got the body on the ground, you've got the arrows in it, um, and you said it's in the alleyway, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Elian's going to look at where, like, get down on the ground, like, even put head down on the ground, trying to avoid touching any blood or anything off the bat. Um, look at how the body is laying on the ground, uh, to kind of see where the arrow trajectory comes from, see if there's any that might have come from different angles, if they all line up in the same position or not, to make sure it's not, you know, more than one person doing this, trying to make it look like, hey, there's one person in this window and then above it, another person shot. Uh, Taking note that they do look like Ferris's arrows, uh, just to cross compare them, because obviously Elion has seen them and want to make sure that they are not made to look like Ferris's arrows. Also going to look to see if there's any blood smear to, to see if the body's been moved at all, check the any exposed skin. See, because we just saw him like the day before, I think it was, or something like that, very recently. See if there's anything that looks off from the last time we saw him. Uh, Elian's going to look to, how did you say to pronounce their name? Uh, Seek. Seek. Uh, they're going to look at Seek. May I touch the body? or any of the arrows to turn it over, just to look at the back of it. Not until you've concluded this part of your process, unless, of course, you wanted to give me room to do that as well. I don't mind doing that, but I'll just do a preliminary uh, visual before anything else. And they're just going to turn back. Um, Going to look around the alley to see if there's any indication of a scuffle, basically trying to see if the body was placed here and potentially murdered somewhere else. Like any drag marks on the ground that would indicate this? Uh, what's the the floor made of? I know that's a weird question. Uh, the floor is made of sand. Okay, so then looking for feet prints, footprints, shoe prints, uh, anything that looks out of sorts, anything that might have been dropped in the sand. Uh, obviously, we can tell you know what Elion's footprints look like and Seek's footprints since we're right around here where the footprints are going through if there's a lot that have passed by have gotten covered up or worn down um just a general scuffle check i guess would be a good way to put it Mm -hmm. does that all make sense yeah that makes sense um so i will give you a two dot stunt for that so that is two extra dice regen and willpower and uh you get an auto success look because i'm also going to throw that willpower back into this anyways (laughs) so that saves me having to change my character shoot at all 
So to start off with, I'm throwing the excellency into this. Um, I'm going to spend six motes to get three successes. Um, and it also lets me reroll sixes till they cease to appear. I am also going to throw scent of the scent of crime method in there. It uh, doubles nines on investigation, since that's what I'm using for this, I assume. And it also lets me uh, so it doubles nines on the on investigation roll to detect the presence of a character that has made a larceny roll. So I guess that's a separate roll technically. Mm-hmm. Or would that be a supplemental roll to this? That would be uh, so rolling to detect uh, a character who has made a larceny roll. The larceny roll is already set. That's basically the difficulty of however that this was done. It's basically the crime roll. Okay, so I could add this into this technically. If if a crime roll was made, then yes. Weirdly, murder isn't a crime roll. But if, you know, the body was placed a certain way, that would be a crime roll. Okay, so I'm just wondering if I add this in or if I would need to make a separate roll or not. For the sake of the mystery, I'm going to say add it in. And then if I tell you that it actually wasn't moved and this was just a murder, you re- I will let you refund the uh, the essence. So that one's four motes. Um, so I'm going to double nines as well as reroll sixes um, for larceny made within three hours. I don't know if that's really going to help because I assume this was made uh, longer mm. than three hours ago, but who knows? It, it was, in fact, um, it has been more than three hours since the murder took place. Okay, I'm still going to use it in case some other larceny was done to, like, cover up evidence. Okay, okay, fair. Now, here's a fun question. Does the body count as a piece of evidence? For purposes of storing? No, uh, for blood, uh, bloodhound nose technique. Uh, a, ca- a case scene roll with double nines to investigate a piece of evidence. I guess I don't really need to do that because I already have double nines. Well, you're only getting double nines on the crime roll. Right? Uh, the double nines are for if the larceny was made. You know what? Let's let's do a let's do in, instead, let's do two rolls. Let's do the initial investigation. And if you discover that there is some shady bullshit going on, then that would be a secondary investigation. Yeah, it's weird because there's a lot. Because I have stuff for tampering detection as well. So Okay. So I guess I'll just make an initial, like, investigation, investigation. roll. Yeah, an and then I'll do investigation a- roll, and then we'll go from there. Okay, so then I'm just going to use the... Uh, Either way, Bloodhound or Son of the Crime are both four motes. One's just an extra willpower, which I don't care burning, but they both double nines. Uh, I guess I'll just use the Excellency and Scent of Crime for right now, which would do the larceny roll part of it. Okay. I don't know. It's weird, so. Uh, So that's the Excellency and double nines for the investigation, is that correct? Yeah. So I have, so far I've got... Five successes, two extra dice, and I can re-roll sixes uh, until they disappear, and then I double nines. How do you have five successes? Oh, you have something that gives you successes based on your essence, don't you? 
Uh, I have the, I, I spent three to get the uh, excellent, the excellency thing, which I spend two moats per success. And I have uh, investigation specifically for crime scenes, so I can do up to six moats. Okay. So there'll be three okay. successes. Uh, the one from the willpower and the one from the, the stunt. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to, my, my brain kind of went, wait, these are solar numbers. What are you doing? I'm good at what I do, and I'm throwing a lot into this. <laughs> okay, that's fair. It's going to be, should be perception and awareness, I assume, which is 10 dice. I've got the two extra dice, and then since it's a visual, I assume I can do my visual perception dice also. Yep. So I'm going to be rolling 14 dice. <laughs> uh, so I got four successes. I get to reroll those two sixes. So that's five successes plus another five successes that are automatic, plus I double nines. So math. Twelve? Yes. Because you had ten and then you had two nines, so you just add another another two. Yeah, twelve successes. And I only spit six motes of man. Um six motes. Or ten motes, I mean. Math. Going over this without touching the body is incredibly frustrating. I cannot, I cannot begin to tell you how frustrating that it must be for an investigator. All's fair in what you're doing. The first thing that you kind of uh, notice that stands out to you is that, yes, these are in fact Ferris's arrows. They're older, but they are her arrows. The look on the body shows that uh, the death most likely happened before that he had the opportunity to react. Um, you do not see Bilar's knives on him. It looks like they may have been stolen off of his body. Or he kept them somewhere else. Like elsewhere. Mm-hmm. The sand of the alleyway is disturbed, but also in such a way that people have clearly been through here. People have been walking here. Um, the winds, you are in a seaport. There are winds that blow through here. However, in looking at everything, you do see that while that you can't tell where that he may have been based off of the sand, you do notice that there is no pool of blood where he died. The way that his arms are, um, it looks like that he was struggling to get the arrows out of him. And it looked like, uh, based off of the way that the arrows look uh, and are inside of them, it looks like that what ended up killing him is him trying to pull the arrow out towards him. Like, it, uh, the one in his heart, like, if he were to be, like, he would have been grasping the tail of the arrow and trying to pull it backwards out of him. And that is most likely what actually did him in. 
Is there anything else that I missed on that? Um, trajectory. As in, where does it look like if he were killed here, unless I missed that because I was just typing everything. Uh, if he were killed here, where would the arrows have been fired from? If he were killed here, the, uh, the arrows would have had to have been fired from a second story window. Which, considering that he's in the middle of, like, two towers, which, uh, like, the second story windows don't open. Like, they, they don't open until you get up to, like, story 10 in the towers. Just out loud, out of character musing, more than likely he was brought here. Oh, you came to that same conclusion, too, did you? Yes. I figured that out when I noticed that he there was no pool of blood here. Normally, this many arrows would cause a rapid exsanguination into the into the uh, sand around here. And unless, of course, that Chiroscuro is has a bunch of blood drinking demons about that we're not aware of. Well, hmm. obviously, he was brought here from somewhere else. I have an out of character question, Brendan. Ah, uh, yes. Would uh, I don't. I think the answer is is pretty much no. But I have to ask anyways. Would Elion know anything about um, any types of rituals to that involve removing a heart from a person for any reason? What's your occult rating? Two. Do you have any specialties that would be relevant to that? Because I kind of think I know what you're getting at. I'm sure you probably do. So I'm going to say you probably don't have that. If you want to have a clue given to Elian, um, I'll let you roll an intelligence and a cult. It's going to be a fairly high difficulty because I don't see Elian as the kind of person who really trucks around with uh, the Immaculate Order who might know something about this. Yeah, I will try the roll. I don't have high hopes for it, but I'll go ahead and try it. You know what they say, Christina. You gotta have high, high hopes for a living. Wow. Seven successes on seven dice. Wow. What is that roll? That's impressive is what it is. You get the idea suddenly. You don't really deal with religion. It's really not your thing. But you have heard of the Wild Hunt before. And you have heard stories about what that they fight. It's kind of hard not to. You know, demons that go around eating people and then inhabiting their skin after they hollow out the heart. You don't know. You can't really remember what they're called besides, you know, anathema. But, um... So if that you were to uh, if you were to have a basis of it, you know that you might be able to talk to someone who is in with the local Immaculate Order and might be able to get some uh, information. Or there could be someone else, but you kind of know that what you're de- what you might be dealing what you might be dealing with here are anathema, which you have dealt with before. In both good and bad versions. And I was going to look at Seek. I, so since we've done our preliminary viewing, I have a somewhat odd question or request since, again, I would 
prefer you to be able to touch the body since you are the head investigator on this for the Tricon. Um, would you be willing to remove the arrow in his heart and very respectfully open his shirt to make sure his heart is still in place? Well, I would be absolutely willing to do that. However, I don't think that this and kind of motions at the alley and the sand and kind of like kicks a little bit of sand around. I don't think this is exactly the best place to be doing that. Why don't we... Let's find one of the local funeral homes. That's fine. We'll find, we'll find a place to do this that isn't the middle of this alleyway. Yes, uh, that would be the follow-up I was going to add. I just wanted to make sure you were amenable to doing that before I requested we take it to a different venue, a secondary location. He's going to nod, and he's going to, uh, like, he's going to do the little clap his hands at the guards, and then he's going to, uh, all right, bring him back to my quarters. We're going to do the investigation there. Uh, have you ever been to one of these towers before? I, I got to rent a room here. I wanted to use it. Yes, yes, I have. Fantastic. Then we'll bring the corpse up there. Yes, we'll bring Resh Balar up there. He just kind of nods to you and starts going towards towards the tower while the guards uh, clean up things and uh, bring the bring Resh Balar with them. How are they? Um, this is more just for Elion. That that moment of Elion will remember this. How are the guards treating the body? Um, with respect and due dignity, this was the Prince of the Earth. Good, good. Uh, so, you guys go and uh, get up there. And uh, you take the elevator. It's not as high as you guys' tower, it, so it's much less impressive. And you go to set the body down. Uh, my dodge rating, my evasion. Yes, your evasion. It's a five, unless I'm t taking cover from a ranged attack, then it's a six. Okay. Do you think that you can beat a ten? Like, uh, through charms and stunting? Hold on, hold on. I have, I have charms for this. You said he's at my feet? Like, on the ground, at my feet. He is. So I will let you know, there is an attack coming. Oh, God damn it. Okay. But now me, uh, why? To describe, to describe what is happening. Minami falls to the ground, and as that he does, Tarali instinctually is watching him. And Tarali being a former member of the realm and knowing some of the immaculate and a very good martial artist. Tarali immediately realizes that Minami is using uh, a rare, but useful uh, martial art known as uh, orgiastic fugitive style, or what we in the real world would call uh, drunken master style. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, he has just he has just used the charm uh uh drunk drunken monk loses his sandal 
and uh, has stumbled onto the ground. And then as soon as he hits the ground, uh, people immediately, like their brain kind of takes a moment to realize that he didn't hit the ground face first, but instead tumbled behind Ferris and is going to pop up and try to get her in a grapple from behind. Oh my god. Okay. 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 We calm down here for a second. Um, when he starts to, like, fall and, like, go down to her, like, f- tumble towards her, I, uh, Ferris will attempt to, like, spin out of the way, kind of like a quick roll dodge, if if you will. Where she kind of like would like roll off the person and try to roll off to the side. And then if there's like a chair or a couch or whatever in this like meeting room, kind of flip over it to get to the other side of it. Um, okay. I have the excellency for dodge threshold warding stance. So I'm going to spend... How much dodge points do I have? Four. I have four points in dodge. So I can spend... Four motes to get it up to seven. The four motes to get it to seven from my personal. And then I have flickering candle meditation. Uh, The dragon blood dances like a flame around the flaws in her enemy's attack. Um, ones on her enemy's attack roll allow her to ignore that many points of penalty to her evasion. And it's cost, it costs one moat and one initiative, though. So would I only um, be able to do that in a fight? We're not, we're not going to worry about the initiative cost at the moment. Alright, so... Uh, because he's, ba- he's basically ambushing you. Um, can I actually change where I'm taking all of my moats from, and I'm going to change it to my peripheral? Because that'll yeah. put me at five and make me glowing. Okay. So I added two to my evasion, making it a seven. And I ignore ones on his attack roll. I ignore ones on his attack roll. For that many uh, points of penalty to my evasion. Well, you don't have any penalties to your evasion right now, so that actually doesn't uh, really make make any difference right now. Okay. The main thing that I'm looking for is, can you get it to a 10? Yeah, no, I cannot get it to a 10, even with okay. me spending those motes. Um, I mean, like, with, with the description of the dodge and everything, I would absolutely give you a two-point dodge on that, but that would only get you to a nine, which does not beat his 10. So... Things are going to start happening very quickly as he pops up behind you and you did go over the uh you did go over the the the, the futon here and start uh try, trying to dodge out of his way but he's pr- he's weirdly fast with this. He's there to try to stop you from getting out of his way. 
And he is going to make... Uh, he's already made his attack roll. It succeeded. Um, I need you to make me an opposed strength plus brawl or martial arts, whichever is higher. Okay. Um, As he goes to grapple you. Five. Five successes, baby. (laughs) Holy shit. Even if it doesn't beat it, I am still proud of that roll. So, to let you know, as that he is coming in for the grapple, um, you can... His own anima is going up with yours. You have uh, you, you have a wood aspect that is bringing, like, fragrances of, like, the forest to the air. And in return, his own anima is bringing forth the the smells of cooked meat and fermented alcohol, uh, the smells of a bar on a busy night uh, around him that are intermingling with everything else as he is also using essence to get the better of you. Oh boy, it's like some weird dance. That's danger. It's a danger dance. Ugh. Manami, why? He beats you by two, which means that for three rounds, he has control of the grapple. Uh-huh. The way that this grapple looks is he takes you, like, under the shoulder, like, under one shoulder and, like, pins your arm as, as, quick, as quickly as he can. And he's quick now that he's exalted. Yeah. The other arm gets pinned underneath his strong underneath his strong arm and you can feel up against the uh the soft flesh of your neck a steak cutting knife oh great wonderful all right then i'm taking the little misses out uh we're going to turn her in for uh fratricide and uh then we're going to get back to the we're going to get to the bottom of this. Capiche, everyone good? Not really good. Not really good? What do you mean, not really good? She killed her own brother. I did not kill my brother. That's not what, that's not what, that's not what my boss says. My and boss honestly, says all you do it. And honestly, I'm offended, Manami, that you would think that. My boss said that you killed her and that you killed him and that she saw you do it. How? When? Yesterday, with your arrows from the top of the building near the near the alleyway that he was uh, found dead in. Yesterday, your arrows. yesterday, I was not on top of any building. I was sitting by the water. He's. Concerned? Thinking hard? You you tell me that my boss is lying to me? I'm telling you that your boss is lying to you. Uh, Ferris is going to look at him. Well, she's going to not look at him because of the grapple, but she's going to definitely have a, like, pleading look in her eyes, but also, like, her tone is, is a little offended and aggressive. But her eyes are in, like, a pleading, like, why are you doing this to me? 
you can, uh, Tarali specifically can tell, uh, because she has a better look at him than you do, that he doesn't like where he is, but he feels like he's between like a rock and a hard place. He, he basically has orders from his boss to bring you in, but you guys have helped him at every opportunity. It It's like, it's that feeling of having to go down and tell your, tell your friend that you work with that they're fired. Who's his boss again? Uh, his boss is, uh, his boss is Isas Sotaba. The, the, the one who got them all the, uh, the, the spot in Molusca Bay. That was her big claim to fame. Yeah. And I'm nowhere near this, this situation, right? Uh, correct. You are nowhere near this situation. This is all happening while that you are dealing with Resh Volar. Sure. Nami, I'm telling you, I didn't do it. And honestly, if your boss is saying that they saw me do it, maybe they're the one that did it. He looks from you and then to Tarali and like you can see that like his hand on the knife is shaking and not in a good way in like the like the wrong word could deal some lethal damage right here. Ferris will stop talking. And he looks at Tarali and he goes, "Listen, you were my friend on the on the inside when they had when they had me up there for being an anathema or whatever the fuck. Can you corroborate this? Is she telling the truth?" With the amount of eyes I have in the city, I can confidently corroborate. Whoever wants to can roll their charisma and presence to convince him he you are his friends and while that he is up against a rock and a hard place here you guys have done him a solid in the past he has an effective resolve of three against you guys um whoever wants to roll please let me know and please let me know any uh stuff that you want to do uh for both of you working together i will give you guys a two dot stunt so that would be two extra dice, an automatic success, and a willpower restored. I'm going through charms real quick. I don't, surprisingly, I don't have any presence charms. But I have four in charisma and three in presence. What about you, Torelli? Do you want to give it the old go to try and get the knife-wielding maniac off of your friend? Yeah, and thankfully I kind of beefed up some of my present stuff, so I am looking at which charm I want to do. That's totally fair. Or Zeke is probably so traumatized right now. You took the you took you took that ferret into a prison. This is nothing compared to that. Yeah, but he didn't see someone who he trusted holding his faithful partner uh, by a knife. Come on now. That's a different kind of pain, Brendan. I had to make sure that this ma- that this matriarch was actually in town for the meeting, because I was like, I don't remember her being in town. 
So I was like, how is she going to look like see Ferris do something if she's not here? She was here. I just had her name written wrong. How is she going to see Ferris do shit when Ferris didn't do shit? Yeah. How's someone going to do that in a world where the, there are creatures that can shapeshift? Yeah. Like, how could they? How so could they? And I'm not and I'm not even just talking about lunars. Yeah. This could be some phase shenanigans, which I know Christina's gonna love. It's not like Elyon's got someone who can shapeshift and isn't a fan of them or anything like that. I'm not saying that's what this is, but it is an option. Ultimate plot twist, we find out Zeke learned how to shoot a bow and arrow and he was the one that killed him. He was jealous of all the time Ferris spent with her brother and not him. Alright, so with my glowing coal radiance, I'm going to spend four melts to get two auto successes, plus the auto success we already get. And then I will roll 11, which is going to be my charisma presence, plus the two that we get. Oh yeah, that's better than my seven. Okay, yeah, yeah, unless of course that you get, unless of course you get zero successes and four ones, this is going to work, Michaela. I know, I just wanted to have fun with it. But I also get to add additional die if I get any 10s. So we'll we'll see how this goes. Yeah, I'm just going to let uh, Tarali handle this, and Ferris is going to stop talking because there's a knife up against her neck. She oh, gets there's a 10. Another ten. There's a 10. Damn. So we got okay. seven successes plus three auto successes, which is going to give us 10 successes. Okay. Whoa. With, with I do a very good speech. <laughs> uh, do you want to do you want to give a very good speech or do you want to just say you give a very good speech uh, I, I will give you the overview I'm not going to do an actual speech but I give him a very impassioned speech about you know our time in prison about trust about family because you know Trolley is very big on family she's got three dots in that as like a thing for her uh, so she gives a very and how he's supposed to be a part of like our family. So I give a very impassioned speech and make him really rethink what he's doing. Right. Anyway, um, so you give an impassioned speech about family and the importance of sticking together and the time that you all did in prison and how that this isn't him. And he relinquishes the grapple on Ferris, the knife disappears into the ether or I guess into elsewhere in this case. Oh, yeah. he has elsewhere weapons. Fuck. I wanted to smack it out of his hand. Well, bam. He doesn't have else. He doesn't have elsewhere weapons. He has an elsewhere kitchen. Oh shit. He, he's the exigent of cooking. I don't know what to tell you. Oh shit. He sinks to the ground on his knees and he kind of like looks to Tarali and bows his head and like puts it down on the ground and he's just like listen I'm so sorry we I got the news this morning and my boss she she's real good at the speeches she's real good at getting you fired up and I came here wanting to just stop it because she 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 made she convinced me that you you did in your own kind. And I, I can't. I don't kin to that. 
But I had my doubts. Y'all did help me get out of that damn prison. Y'all helped me every single time that I didn't deserve it. I'm sorry. Ferris, as soon as he, like, lets go of her, tries to get as much distance as she can. Probably, like, heads back to, like, stand in the doorway of her room, grabbing Zeke, and just listens to him talk and just frowns. And as you do, we're going to swing the camera very quickly over to Ricky and Resh Falar, who have recently escaped their ordeal in the bureaucratic guild headquarters. Ooh. Well then, that was uh, quite the adventure. I didn't think that that would work. Yeah, you know, I was a little bit hesitant there for a second, too. I think what really sold it is you fucking punching me in the jaw. You really, uh, really sold that one, didn't you? Uh, which one? Oh, there was two? The first one must have been hard enough for me to not fucking remember the second. Yeah, that was the one I was trying to sell, and then you told yeah, me to... Well, you know what? Welcome to the fucking market. It's sold. I- anyway. You did tell me not to punch you like a little bitch, so I decided to put my all behind that last you one. You know, uh, fellow fire aspect here, I'm, uh, it's a bit of a shame I had to tell you. But anyway, we're out of there now. Oh, right. So what, what, what did you come to find me about? Oh, um, well, now I feel like kind of a douchebag because I've just given you a hard time. Um, you heard about your brother, yeah? Uh, no, I, my, what, what's he gotten himself into? Um, death. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was a little bit disrespectful. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, uh, he was attacked. Uh, by someone using a bow and arrow. There was a... Someone's trying to frame your sister. And we're trying to stop that from happening. Basically. She nods solemnly and sighs. Well, now that just makes the thing that I was trying to do within the guild headquarters seem like... Well, honestly, kind of... Small potatoes. Hmm. Man, now you're making me hungry. Maybe we can stop by Manami's for some fucking curry before we go back to the base. Oh, yeah, that would be fantastic. Oh, okay, good. Settle. Settle, settle. We're on the way. The light coming in And this is something that everyone who's outside sees. Divine, Fular, Ricky, Elian. But in the tower, there's a unique view of this, as you all aren't on the ground level. The light begins to dim from outside. But it's noon. There's something that I know I believe that Christina knows about this, but I don't think that the rest of you know about. There's a event that happens in the real world that we all 
hear about from time to time, and sometimes do take for granted as a thing that just kind of happens. Sometimes you go out and see it, sometimes you don't. It's it's just a thing that happens every couple of years, or maybe even twice a year sometimes. But in creation, it has been thousands of years since a solar eclipse has happened. This is not something that has happened not only within your lifetime or your grandparents' lifetime. A solar eclipse is something that has not happened in the lifetime of the realm or the shogunate before it. And right outside that damn window, there is a goddamn solar eclipse going on. And while that Ricky and Divine and Elian see that, and it is something that we will find out their reactions to soon enough, to the two of you who are within the 82nd floor of this tower, you notice something more. Something at ground level. One of them close to the undermarket. One of the undermarket entrances that you know. And another close to the district that houses Grandmother Bright. There is a there are two pillars of golden light erupting from ground level. Um, so as you as you all are on the way, as that everything is kind of happening and people have moments to look to the sky on the first day of Realmir 765. Uh, this is when, uh, as I meant, uh, this is when that this scene happens where that, um, for the first time in centuries, there is a solar eclipse. Suddenly in the middle of the day, it goes dark. The moon eclipses the sun and things seem off the same way that they did during calibration. And for those of you who are higher up, you can see two points of golden light blazing from uh, Chiroscuro. For those who are lower down, Divine, unfortunately, was still underground dealing with, uh, dealing with, uh, talking to Salon, correct? Yes, the lowest of lowdowns. Ricky, on the other hand, is at about ground level, where that you can see around the corner in this suddenly dark night or dark day, there is blazing gold coming from around the corner.
Thank you for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not leave a review or tell a friend about us? It helps get the good word out about the work we put into this show. If you wanted to ask us any questions, you can contact us through Twitter at a pair of dice lost or email at a pair of dice lost at gmail.com. The theme song for this game is Dragon Dance by Raphael Crux, used under a Creative Commons license. And for making it this far, I saw that cool thing you did. So have some stunt dice. Necessary role that would definitely make sense for this. Um, I think charisma and I'm trying to pull up a character sheet because I'm a doofus and didn't have one pulled up. Bureaucracy, baby. Uh, I mean, this isn't exactly the handling of paperwork, but I could see it working. It's um, being like kind of diplomatic in a weird way, and this is like high-ranking stuff here. I don't know, I'm just trying to throw ideas out there. Um... Socialize? The other one I have is Glassholm. <laughs> oh, great. It's Wasp. Glass Wasp. Yeah, no, that's that's the other one I have written here. The first one is Glassholm. He, uh... Oh, and I forgot to mention, I'm also doing kind of the thing that I did with Cody last time, where that we kind of did the social role before the roleplay finished, so then we kind of knew how the, the scene was actually going to go based on the dice. I probably should have stated that. Say that one more time. So, last time when we did Cody's scene that was lost to the ether, um, I had Cody roll his dice about halfway through the social interaction. So that, like, you know, Cody doesn't give, like, a huge speech and yada yada and then completely fucks it up. And then, you know, you can kind of, like, adjust the the social scene as it, you see the dice rolls. Okay. I, it's something that I'm trying to get used to doing because I've run into situations where that um, you have, like, this big social speech you get and then the dice tell you to get fucked and that doesn't feel good. Whereas with this, this gives you an opportunity to, like, kind of yes-end the dice and then maybe catch yourself at the end. Okay. You're treating it more like an extended check. Uh, yeah, something like that. Kind of like what I did to Michaela in D&D when they were talking to those awful people in the town. Yeah, and then it was like, well, you kept talking, so we're going to give you another check. Oh my god, I fucking lost the name for this guy. It was just in my notes. And I had to look at something else. <laughs> give me one moment. You're fine. I'm trying to, like, figure stuff out, too. I don't know. I'm just trying to throw what I can. I already don't like this guy, so. I don't like him either. <laughs> he reminds me of, like, I hate making this reference, but uh, he reminds me of that, like, obscenely awful Harry Potter character that just didn't know what he was actually doing. He reminds me of Future Divine. Too full okay, of himself. So, um... Yeah, Lockhart, that dude. Also, Cody, absolutely. Without a doubt, that gif. That guy. I don't hey. recognize that gif. As soon as you said gentleman investigator, I was like, that gentle criminal. <laughs> that guy. What is that from? I know I've seen that before. Uh, My Hero Academia. Oh, uh, uh, I either am not far enough in that, or I don't remember that. I think it's... 
Isn't it like, I think it's like season two or three? It's like which, season uh, three. Uh, which is around when I stopped watching it. It's it's the second half of the season after the uh, all for one, one for all fight. Yep, I didn't get uh, past that, so that makes sense. You know, if you were going to pick a point to stop, that's it. I, I need to go back and watch it. But anyways, uh, damn, I'm trying to think what I want to do with this now. Wait, you guys have literally dealt with Solars and Lunars. Fuck. I'm regretting the Prison Break episode. Prison Break's not even the first time we dealt with them. Stand by, because my Google Docs is not responding. When was the first time you all dealt with a Lunar, Cody? Um, Or a Solar? What the fuck was uh, Salon's cousin? A thing. Not either of those. No, not one of those either. Yeah. You dealt with an anathema, but anathema is a very broad term. You know what? That's what we're going to say. Anathema is a very broad term. So, uh, I couldn't write any of that down because my Google Docs froze. So I don't remember everything you said, unfortunately. I remember the wild hunt and removing hearts, and I don't remember the rest of it. Uh, that's most of it. And then I kind of realized that you all had the prison break episode and went, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, so Elian's got a basis for it. Find one of the local embalming areas. Wait, no, they didn't embalm back there. Never go to a secondary location. And that's where we're going to leave off for the, uh, for the episode stinger. And also uh, to, 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 <laughs> to stop recording for the night. Well, not for the night, but for, the, for, for this part. Get out of here, Craig. I have to know on a purely like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A purely like selfish, uh, an ego level. Did you actually roll for what he noticed? Yes. Yes, I did. What did he roll? Well, how, many, not... how many successes, I should say? Uh, comparable. Okay. He. He is a dragon. He, 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 like you, is specialized. Just making sure. I wanted to give you someone to play off of.